This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Good day. Good day, mate. Oh my God, we can't keep doing this. We can because we're doing yet another Aussie today. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. I hate us. Yeah, me too. How you doing, Monica? I'm doing swell. I'm eating a nice little cup of tomato soup as my drink. Oh, delicious. Um, And for those of you who don't enjoy tomato soup. You're wrong. I have no love for you in my heart. <laughs> Monica and I just watched, or no, we just ate tender greens. And yeah. we'll tell you what we watched later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick around to hear our spicy thoughts on what we watched um hint hint it features michelle williams in a breakout role oh yeah breakout absolutely (laughs) breakout uh who are we doing today jessica oh today we're doing another lovely australian another kangaroo daddy Why haven't we started calling them that? Are from we the doing? Beginning? Are we doing Kangaroo Jack? Yep, the film. That's who it is. <laughs> I have such strong memories of the Kangaroo Jack film. You know, I've never actually seen it. You've never seen it? No, I've just seen images of it. I don't know why, but like I'm seeing, I'm seeing like red licorice. <clears throat> I'm seeing red lollipops. I'm seeing a red hoodie. Here, I have to Google him. Okay, yeah, no, it's not Kangaroo Jack. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Man, that's Close, that, though. that is really disappointing. The second most famous Australian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the number one worldwide most famous Australian movie, Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> I wonder what the highest grossing movie taking place in Australia kangaroo is. jack okay good we've decided <laughs> anyway it is not kangaroo jack and it's also not nicole kidman again because apparently we're on an australian kick lately um but it is none other than baz lerman baz 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 oi 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 i'm gonna tell you about baz so mark anthony lerman <laughs> <laughs> gotcha mark anthony husband of <laughs> j-lo <laughs> ex-husband of j-lo <laughs> Wow, they are one and the same. Jello and Mark. <laughs> Jello. Jello, it's a base. <laughs> That's some school of raccoon humor for you. Oh, uh, Escuela de rock and roll. See. Anyway, Mark Anthony Lerman is an Australian director, writer, and producer with projects spanning film, television, opera, theater, music, and recording industries. He received the nickname Baz at school and combined it with his birth name, legally changing his name to Bazmark while still in school. Bazmark Artvark. <laughs> now, the thing I'm confused about, though, is that he like he ha- apparently had like an Afro hairstyle, which is why people started calling him Baz after or this nor. TV character named Basil Bush. But then I looked up what Baz bushes and it's just a fucking fox who doesn't have an afro so i'm a little confused as to where this came from i'm really confused yeah yeah and apparently he loved it so much it's now legally his fucking name oh my god what like fucking like 14 year old goes basmark that's my name (laughs) basmark what was there a name that you had when you were a child that you wish that you had? Did you ever like hear a name? And you're like, oh, I wish that was my name. Yeah. I mean, like cooler girl names like Rachel and things like that. I'm sorry. Rachel's a cool girl name. It's like it's like a popular girl name. Oh, yeah. Or like Brooklyn. But then again, so is Jessica. I just wasn't popular. Oh, my God. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't you, Jessica. Maybe it was your self-esteem talking. <laughs> maybe. I just remember. <laughs> sorry. Back to, um, throwback to when we sang this together Oh, in this podcast episode, but I watched, uh, The Little Mermaid 2. Ah, Under the Sea. Melody's Big Adventure You wanted to be named Melody? I wanted to be named Melody. I mean, that's not that far from Monica. Melody. (laughs) Melody, no. Don't become a Pokeball. Oh my goodness. Okay, anyway, back to Bazmark. Baz. That's Baz to you. Daddy Bazmark. All right. Baz began acting in Australian films and television shows at the age of 18. And two years later, he took his earnings and started his own theater company called the Bond Theater Company. 
After many theatrical successes, both with and outside of his theater company, he moved into film, making his directorial debut with Strictly Ballroom in 1992. Amen. In total, he has directed five films, but quickly became regarded as a contemporary auteur for his style and deep involvement in the writing, directing, design, and musical components of all his work. He is the most commercially successful Australian director, with four of his films in the top 10 highest worldwide grossing Australian films of all time. What a mouthful. Damn. Lerman is equally known for serving as a producer on all of his musical soundtracks, two of which are Grammy nominated, and he also holds writing credits on many of the individual tracks. Baz is also deeply involved in the fashion and art world. His number five, the film for Chanel, not only holds a Guinness World Record for the highest budget for an advertising commercial ever produced, but pioneered the now common genre of fashion film and branded content. Fashion films are fucking cool. I highly recommend you go Google some. My favorite are um the or my favorite one that i've seen is the one for prada i think it was the last year's the collection. wes anderson one the wes anderson one is with cool. jason schwartzman is in it beautiful yeah. it's stunning anyway continue um essentially baz is a daddy of aesthetics and honestly i'm here for it and he's also literal daddy to two kangaroo babies two small kangaroo jacks <laughs> i don't mean he owns kangaroos i mean he has two australian children is it a, is it a kangaroo jack and a kangaroo jill or two oh, kangaroo yes. jacks Oh, it is? I think so. A kangaroo Jack and Jill. I don't actually know. Or nor. Or nor. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Let's are keep... you guys tired of that bit yet? I'm sure. I'm sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're tired of it. 100%. Anyway. Movie number uno. Yeah. The obvious number one. The obvious, the literal number one. Yeah. The literal number. I mean, there's only five to choose from. Exactly. And we've so got three here today. The literal number one. Uh-huh. Strictly Ballroom. Strictly Ballroom. Came out in 1992, baby. Written by Baz Luhrmann and Craig Pierce. Directed by Daddy Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Scott Hastings, played by Paul Mercurio, is a champion caliber ballroom dancer. But much to the chagrin of the Australian ballroom dance community, Scott believes in dancing his own steps. Ooh. Fran, played by Tara Morris, is a beginning dancer and a bit of an ugly duckling who has the audacity to ask to be Scott's partner after his unorthodox style causes his regular partner to leave him for another champion dancer. Together, these two misfits try and win the Australian Pan Pacific Championships, a.k.a. the APPC, (laughs) and try to show the Ballroom Confederation, BC, that they were wrong when they say there are no new steps. Wow. Strictly Ballroom. Strictly Ballroom. It is a dramatic film. I just love, like, how, like, bright and hazy this movie is. it's very 80s and it's like yeah. in the way that it's kind of like shot and like all the colors and like the the haze yeah the, that like weird haze is on a lot of um 80s like music uh, videos, music videos. Yeah. you know what i mean so like that weird haze that the whole thing is in but i love it and there's <laughs> and there's so much chiffon because it's so sparkly like the opening of it where it's all in slow-mo and you see the girls gowns moving you're yes. just like this is a fucking vibe and like apparently this is like genuinely the australian ballroom scene like yeah. this is what it is it's really funny because i my i myself <clears throat> was in uh the ballroom club oh at college, at university. Uh, you're, you're a two-second university student? <laughs> yes, yes. And I got pretty good at the foxtrot myself. Oh, get up and demonstrate. I shall. One moment, please. Oh, okay. And we're back. <laughs> Monica didn't get up and foxtrot. I didn't get me. up and foxtrot. That was, that's what was called a diversion. That's what we call a bit. A bit? <laughs> uh, this movie sort of like... It, Gives us like a a baby Tiffany teaspoon taste of what Baz Luhrmann is capable of. I've seen this movie quite a few times throughout my life. Really, this yeah. is my was my first time. Oh, really? I definitely think it gives you a taste of what he's capable of, but it gives you everything of what he's interested in. Exactly. Like this man fucking glitter, loves glitter, <laughs> theatrics, music, music, dancing. I, costumes the fact that he married his costume designer is not surprising to me whatsoever. not surprising and they work as just like a unit but beautiful people he just baz also just finds beauty in performance and like camp to an extent 
and puts it in everything that he makes. And I fucking love it. But I love how like Australian this movie was. Oh, it's so Australian. Specifically. It's so good. And it opens as like kind of a mockumentary, which I love. I love when movies do that. Me too. It's just so funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I like that it's just a really good intro to who we know Baz to be now. Yeah. Even though like it's kind of like, <laughs> I mean, it's not kind of, it is like very like gaudy. It's really <laughs> gaudy and it's too, I in my opinion, it's too big for its britches. Sure. Like he, it's very, the way that it's shot is like very like, how do I put this? It's like, it shows the grandness and like the scope of everything mm-hmm. and it makes the people really small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in that way for me, it's like a little bit too big for it's like little knickers. See, I think that's where some of the comedy comes in because I think Baz is a funnier filmmaker than people give him credit for. It's true. I mean, <laughs> the great Gatsby, hilarious. Moulin Rouge, very funny. <laughs> 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 but like he 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 coined his like comedic style a little later by doing like those like very quick cuts and like sped up shots etc. Yeah. But I think with this the comedy comes from its grandeur but then also knowing that like this is a huge movie but it's made with like all local Australian actors that fucking nobody in America at least knows. No. And we're led to believe that like this competition is like a huge fucking a deal big ass it's deal. a big deal but then when you actually get down to it you realize that it's like kind of like a local champion it's really stupid <laughs> yeah so the main character scott scott is like obsessed with ballroom dancing yes. it is literally his blood yeah it is literally his blood sweat and tears he thinks of nothing else and he doesn't give a shit about anything else and i think that's like our our sort of like bird's eye view into this world mm-hmm. is through him and his like insane obsession with it and his insane obsession with like honing his craft and like making it his own and being unique like being a peacock yeah. and like amongst all of these other smaller lesser peacocks yeah i i think that that's kind of like weirdly mirrored by as lerman making this movie period yeah literally <laughs> in a period. weird way because like it's about this guy who's like uh, I guess like a small fish in a big pond to an extent, but he's like, I'm going to prove myself, but I'm unique and I don't do things like everyone else does them. And that's kind of who Baz is as well, where he's basically just like, I'm going to give you this fucking movie that nobody asked for. <laughs> so I know his thing is like, nobody asked, but here's my debut. I know nobody asked for like a really odd movie about ballroom dancing that's done in a style that no one's ever done before that quite frankly is kind of confusing and jarring to watch, but I'm going to do it anyway and sell it to you as a brilliant film. And it fucking worked. Nobody asked, but this is an acquired taste and I'm going to shove it down your throat. Yes. Like I do. The thing is, is I like Baz Luhrmann. Like Me too. For the most part, I do like him. I think sometimes it's like a bit much or like, I might not love the movie, but like I, I get it and I respect it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in a weird way, like Baz Luhrmann has kind of tricked us all into thinking he's a brilliant filmmaker. Yeah. Like he does some brilliant things. <laughs> but I, some of it is so fucking insane. Ooh. And you're just like, you're being told like, this is art. And you're like, but is it art? <laughs> but then you're like, no, no, no. I guess it must be because it he's must telling be. me it's art. <laughs> And Australia loves him. Ooh, it's art. <laughs> I imagine Baz saying that to himself every morning Ooh, in the mirror. Just take it, you. Ooh, it's art. <laughs> I don't know, man. This movie is fucking crazy. It follows like the age old plot. It doesn't really like, it's nothing special in its story. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's really fun. I think this is one of the most fun of his movies because it's so silly. I know, it's silly, Billy. It's really, really silly. It's really, really funny. And also because it was originally a stage production that he wrote and then he adapted it for the screen after being like commissioned by Australia to do so. Why does Australia keep commissioning films? Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Because they are so proud of their Aussies. They're just like, we really need someone to go be famous in America. Yes. <laughs> Please. We need another Kate Blanchett. And Baz will do it for we us. We need another Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I mean, neither of those people were those people at this point. It's, it's 1992. True. You're right. It's 1992. Who did they have? We kind of met them. 
Who did they have? I don't know. I don't know her either. <laughs> or dear. Okay. I think, I think, bottom line, everyone should go watch Strictly Ballroom as an intro to Baz Luhrmann. Because like I said, even though he's only made five movies, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, like I said, it's everything that he likes and it's everything that his style, like it's everything he goes on to be known for. And once you get to his later movies and you see like what budget can do for past Lerman. True. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, go watch Strictly Ballroom. I would definitely watch it with like a gin and tonic in your hand though. Yeah. I wouldn't go into it sober. No, do it with friends. I think it's like a really <laughs> silly, like talk shit about the movie or watching movie. Yeah. Yeah. Much like the other movie that Jessica and I were watching earlier today. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> we just keep teasing this fucking movie. <laughs> Uh, okay so that takes us to our second movie this is probably the one that uh, most people have seen everyone other than moulin rouge because we're not talking about we're that. not talking about it and do you want to know why okay do you want to know why people they want to not why. fucking talking about moulin goddamn rouge because one it assaults you yeah that's one thing baz loves to do it assaults your fucking senses and yeah. you feel drunk so no, we're not doing that. And two, it just freaked me the fuck out. I love Moulin Rouge. I think it's great, but we tried watching it for our Ewan McGregor episode. Yeah, remember and that we one? we were just like, no. It was just too hard. And I don't want to, I didn't want to watch it again. So we're not doing it. No, Sorry. Doing it. Sorry, guys. I do love it though. So I mean, it is what have it a is. Watch. It's just too much. It's too much salt <laughs> on the food. <laughs> But so the other movie that you've probably all seen is Romeo and Juliet. Is it, would, would you, do you think it's Romeo plus Juliet? Is that how it's intended yeah, so to be said? I, I'm pretty sure it's intended to be said Romeo plus Juliet, much like Edward Sheeran's, uh, <laughs> uh-huh, keep going. <laughs> much like Edward Sheeran's albums. Yes. Plus. Plus multiply, divide, and I'm assuming subtract is the one that's coming up. Who knows? <laughs> he and Baz Luhrmann should just... I mean, one is British, right? Yeah. Okay. One I, of them is, is from the English countryside. Just clarifying that Ed Sheeran is British. Yeah, not Ed Sheeran is, is not an Aussie man. Yeah, I don't think so. He's not anyway, so this movie is Romeo Plus Juliet, which came out in 1996, written by Craig Pierce and Baz Luhrmann, based on the play by William Shakespeare, obviously, and directed by Baz Luhrmann. Woo! The classic story of Romeo and Juliet, set in a modern-day city of Verona Beach. <laughs> The Montagues <laughs> and the Capulets are two feuding families whose children, played by Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, meet, fall in love, and die tragically as star-crossed lovers. Wow! Mm, as if you didn't know the story. If you haven't seen Romeo and Juliet or read it, I'm sorry that I spoiled it for you. I but would get with the fucking I program. I would really recommend <laughs> if you if you've never read Romeo and Juliet and you've never seen a stage production of Romeo and Juliet, may I? recommend to you the film oh yeah great film romeo and juliet because it is a great adaptation of the original text mm -hmm. it's got great costumes and it's got great performances and it's pretty it's pretty easily digestible yeah 1968 1968 1968 Wonderful. romeo and juliet great movie go watch that as your intro walk honestly watch that before you watch this like if you've literally never read yeah. romeo and juliet and don't know what the fuck it's about yeah Watch that. <laughs> and then watch this insanity. Insanity. The thing is, is like, I do, I used to like this movie a lot more than I do now. And that's not because I think it's bad by any stretch. Because I don't. I do think that like, there is something to say about the fact that Baz Luhrmann got tons of contemporary audiences to go watch a fucking movie about Shakespeare. Like, I think that's kind of big. That but, is pretty big. Like, I, when I was younger, when I was like 15, 16, and when loved I was this movie. Young, I never needed anyone. And making love was just for fun. It was just for fun. <laughs> anyway, so when I was younger, I watched this movie and I was like, oh, it's so fucking cool. It's a like punk and stylized. It's different, it's man. It's different. It's Shakespeare, but it's different. It's like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is all like that's all true <laughs> but like now that i am older and i watch him just like i'm kind of bored honestly <laughs> just like okay. a little bored okay because, okay okay because for a lot of reasons but i'm like i think you can do good shakespeare adaptations and i don't think this one is bad i just don't think that like anybody in it knows anything about shakespeare <laughs> justice for john Leguizamo. <laughs> he's the like he's literally okay him the fucking actor who plays the priest and the woman who plays n- the nurse yes those are the only people in this who you're are like you look at them and you're like you have had theatrical training you know what you're saying everyone else i'm just like you don't there you are not delivering these lines in a way that makes people understand what the fuck is going on <laughs> which is like important no matter w- when you do shakespeare but especially when you do a- an adaptation that's this fucked <laughs> oh man so my whole thing with this movie yeah it I can really only sum it up in one word. Tell me. Frantic. Frantic, that's a good word. It is very frantic. Yes. It is all over the place. There are so many quick cuts. Yeah. It only really slows down when it's like milking the scenes with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Mm -hmm. And they are like very much in love. And I think about the scene at the party when they first meet. Yeah, that's a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful scene. The lighting, the lighting in that fucking scene is beautiful. Beautiful. It's stunning. It's gorgeous. The fish tank. The fish tank is so blue. Like what a brilliant shot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because a- when you look at it, it makes it look like the two people are like just on the other side of the glass. When in reality, there's a huge fucking fish tank in between you. Yes. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So it's just like one of those things where I watched this movie when I was like, I don't know, seven for the first time. Sure. And I had seen multiple stage productions of Romeo and Juliet at that point. And I had also attempted to read it. Right. <laughs> attempted being... Failed? Being the key word. Because you're a child? I'm a child. <laughs> and I just remember seeing it and being very, like, mesmerized mm-hmm. by all of the choices, right? That yeah. was kind of one of my first... Um, real instances of like, okay, well, what does it mean for a movie to ha- like look like this? Yeah. Someone w- must have made these choices. Someone must have made these decisions. So for that, I'm grateful to Romeo plus Juliet. Right. I don't agree with some of those decisions <laughs> now that I'm bigger than seven. <laughs> now, you know, Monica's real age, bigger than seven. Bigger than seven. But, you know, I, I think I think for a lot of people, it introduces like a specific style that they wouldn't have otherwise associated with a story like Romeo and Juliet with that play with yeah. Shakespeare in general. I don't necessarily think that Romeo and Juliet is a very captivating play. I would agree with that. I think it's kind of boring. And I think that it's a little bit, sorry, not a little bit. It's a lot overdone. I think that there are other much more interesting and captivating and compelling and moving and like enriching Shakespeare plays yeah. that they could have, that he could have done. <laughs> yeah. Like I would want to see Baz Luhrmann do another Shakespeare something. Yeah. Like personally, I'm waiting for Baz Luhrmann's take on Richard the third. I think it would be really dramatic. Okay. I think there would be a lot going on. <laughs> All right. And I think that has the drama that he's seeking because I almost think he's trying to like, over dramatize Romeo and Juliet which is hard <laughs> which is really hard but he's there he's out there and yeah. he did it <laughs> and he did it he did do it and I mean but a lot of that is due to the people he cast in it it's I mean true. granted they are not speaking and delivering this dialogue in a way that helps you understand what the fuck is going on yes or like they don't even know what they're saying but like they are good actors and there are moments that are incredible like like when Leo shoots Tybalt and yeah. like the camera stays in close up on Leo's face for a really, really long time. And you just see like, like the life drain out of it. <laughs> and yeah. so you're like, there, there are like some good touching dramatic moments in this movie. It's not all uh, like a Pomp fever dream, but yeah. I mean, most of it is. <laughs> most of it's, most of it is. The soundtrack doesn't help either. No. <laughs> like, Okay. Okay, we're saying this negatively, but we really don't mean it negatively. We're just overcritical of this one movie because for the longest time, this one movie is the thing you think about when you think of Baz Luhrmann. Mm -hmm. And I almost think that's to a fault because I think he's done other stuff. (laughs) 
coming up <laughs> that I think that he he's able to give more of a flair on and more yeah. uh, and more of like a personal touch to and so and movies that I think he can make a little bit more relatable than he can for this movie. I think that yeah. he tried a little bit too hard to make it and this is this is th- I think this is more of a casting issue or otherwise but I think he tried way too hard to make it give it an edge that doesn't really exist there with a bunch of just white kids running around. Save for John Linguizamo and the man who plays Mercutio. Yes. I just feel like it, it's like seeking a, a a bit of drama and an edge and flair that cannot exist with the pasty white cast that he had. (laughs) Especially because they shot it in Mexico. Exactly. But does that make sense? Like Verona Beach is supposed to be like this, this like full of life, colorful, but really edgy place. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not supposed to be like Santa Monica. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Venice after dark. It's like Venice after dark. <laughs> <laughs> so does that make sense? And I almost just don't think that the softness of the characters almost yeah. works with the setting. He is trying so hard to get his audience to to stand behind or, or to or to be in like the world building that he's trying to do. I just don't and you know, forget about race, right? They're just too soft. <laughs> yeah, what I mean, the actors for sure, but the characters even. Yes. Like Romeo and Juliet are innocent little babies. They're literally children. Yeah. They are children, but Juliet's children 14, what? Right? No, I think she's like that bitch is like 12 or like 13. I don't know. She's she's young. She's below 15 for sure. They're both below 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's 14 and she's 13. It's fucked. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. If you're like a Shakespeare... Uh, Scola? Scola? I mean, I'm sure we could Google it. Let us know. <laughs> no, it's easier to ask the people out there. <laughs> it's easy, easier to ask them weeks in advance, wait for this to come out, and then get a response. Exactly. Maybe. So my whole thing is like, it's a really hardened world Mm -hmm. and a hardened setting with very soft and naive characters. And, you know, it could work. I think the juxtaposition of that could work. But unfortunately for me, it doesn't work here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there is a lot to respect about this movie. I am. And that's, I think, where the the beauty in it comes is like what there is to respect about it yes and that's kind of just what to respect about baz in general is that he's a huge risk taker oh huge he loves just anything like grandiose and say what you want about his stories or his even his style but like the man builds a world and fully commits to it and i think that there is a lot to say about that 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 is positive and obviously like it's gotten him acclaim like he's a very famous director this movie like swept the golden globes that year oh my god yeah and it also like catapulted leo mm-hmm. into like like he was already like in space mm-hmm. but it catapulted him even further yeah whenever leo gets a chance to do a role that's really unconventional for him it just makes him that much better yeah and i think baz knew what he was doing when he cast him and then claire fucking dates yeah correct <laughs> Um, and it's just one of those things where you are watching characters, you are watching actors become better because of a director that took a chance on them for that role. So for that, I also think that Romeo plus Juliet kind of did an incredible job. Like it, it, it truly served its actors and Baz as a director served his actors as well. And you have to admit that like the visual style and the overall like visual choices in Romeo and Juliet are absolutely stunning. Yes. They are beyond stunning. They're like fucking ethereal. They're so fuck to this day. And then they're also like a a pop culture phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. To this day, people dress up as Romeo and Juliet from Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. At the costume party. At the costume party. One of them dresses up in like a weird fucking night costume. Yeah. And the other one dresses up as a little angel. And they're like, we're Romeo and Juliet from Romeo plus Juliet. (laughs) 
and that's that yeah and i mean and you see like different shots from this referenced in other movies as well like yes. i think specifically of the scene where they're like under all the sheets oh yeah that yeah, gets yeah, yeah. reused a ton in other movies yeah it also kind of gets reused i think in in the great gatsby at some point it does. i remember the it yeah scene with the sh- uh, the, the curtains, curtains. Yeah. yeah and they're all billowing and flowing so like he has like a spe- specific shots that he's contributed to society to the film industry as a whole yeah. that get reused and reused because he's such a like visual genius yes he really is and, and to that end he understand how fabric works how mm-hmm. fabric and lighting works which by the way is a really fucking hard <laughs> yeah. so go baz go baz thanks for loving fashion thank you for loving fashion um and thank you for giving us Romeo plus Juliet in Verona Beach, which is basically supposed to be like Venice Beach, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slash I think, Mexico. <laughs> I think the best parts of Romeo plus Juliet are like the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. I agree. Honestly, the first 10 minutes are pretty fucking cool. Like with them at the cars, at the gas station and like it's all those quick cuts and the do you bite your thumb at me, sir? No. <laughs> I bite my thumb at you, sir. And, and it's, it's all fucking, so fast. And all the cars are like stunning and like these like popping hot colors and you feel like your blood boil because you're like kind of in the action yeah. and it's like it's honestly like more riveting than like a fast and the furious movie <laughs> yes exactly this i mean honestly this is kind of like fast and the furious meets shakespeare yeah it really is though <laughs> but like where is i'm sorry where's vin diesel <laughs> um <laughs> i would have loved to have seen vin diesel as romeo would you have yes i would not have <laughs> After seeing that insane interview he did where he was just like hitting on that woman the entire Oh my god. I picture that Vin Diesel as Romeo. Is Vin Diesel his real name? That's what I want to know. I hope so. Because if so, he had great parents. No, Mark Sinclair. What? (laughs) Oh my god, his mom is an astrologer. (gasps) No. (laughs) Who knows? Whatever. The last thing I will say about this movie is, I know I mentioned the soundtrack earlier. Yes. I still think it's a masterpiece though. Uh, I think Baz Luhrmann does one thing really, really, really well, and that is music. Mm -hmm. Music and fabric. (laughs) (laughs) Music and fabric. Um, And he was able to put together the soundtrack and it really fucking works. It is an iconic fucking soundtrack. I would call it as iconic as like a Saturday Night Fever soundtrack or like like the fucking Titanic soundtrack, even though it's literally just my heart will go on. Yeah, a couple of his movie soundtracks have become like that, like Moulin Rouge for sure. Yes, for sure. I mean, Great Gatsby for sure. Yes, Great Gatsby for sure. People were pissed about that one but people were really mad i still think it was great people stay mad about the great gatsby soundtrack so they're mad about that movie period yeah listen jay-z lana del rey they're all in there (laughs) they're all having a good time on that movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) giving us the music that listen it became like the song of the summer at that point yes remember no church in the wild fergie's (laughs) okay fergie and that fucking, like, her cover of that one song. What was that song called? Oh, I don't remember. It was like, um. I'm uh, thinking of the Lana the Young and Beautiful. That one too, but also the Fergie song. What song did she sing? Oh, uh, A Little Party Never. Oh, A Little <laughs> yeah. Party Never Hurt Nobody, which is like a cover of like Incredible another song. song of the yeah, same yeah. name. Uh, th- come on. Come on, y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all already know. Mm-hmm. Y'all stay mad about The Great Gatsby. <laughs> but it, it's not for everyone, and it wasn't for you, and I get it. But I liked it. I, I loved it. I thought I thought that that soundtrack, his whole take on it about, like, uh, like modern, like, like gaudiness, mm-hmm. mirroring 1920s gaudiness, I think yes. it was brilliant. I thought, oh, uh, uh, yes. Listen, if that movie had come out, like, a year from now, post-pandemic, yeah. I think people would have gotten it. Maybe. 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 I don't know. People were fucking pissed. Whatever. People were pissed. I'm <laughs> Listen, I wish Leo did not pine after the green light also. Yeah. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> and our favorite Michelle Williams was also. Oh, there. my God. She was incredible. <laughs> uh, if you have not seen Fosse Verdon yeah. on FX with Michelle Williams and Sam fucking Rockwell. I know I haven't watched seen that it. goddamn show. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. 
I will watch. Only two syllables, not even three. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I will, I promise. Anything else about Romeo plus Juliet? No. I'll give it five out of six quills. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, we, we judge this movie very harshly. Yeah. But, but it as a standalone movie uh-huh. in the cultural landscape, yeah. it is iconic. Oh, yeah. It's iconic. I have met several people who this is like their favorite movie. Oh, I, I know those people. Yeah. 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 And they just don't show they, every day. They're like Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. And if you're one of those people, I respect you. We respect you. Monica, what's the third and final film? I'll tell you. Bazzy Baz. <laughs> this is Monica's favorite one. Bring the lasso. <laughs> Drova. Oh my God. Witcher. <laughs> All right, guys. Everyone gather around the wee fire. Oh boy. Let's talk about this goddamn movie. The movie why we're doing this episode at all. My favorite of the Boz Lerman films. Unapologetically, too, because yes, I know this movie was not well reviewed. It was not well liked. You know what? I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I don't care. And do you want to know why? Because this movie represents everything good in the world. Oh, okay. And that is Australia. Wow. Tell us about it. Australia came in. came into our lives in 2008 oh. at the moment we needed it most <laughs> written by Stuart Beatty, Baz Luhrmann, Ronald Harwood, and Richard Flanagan directed by Baz Luhrmann. Mm-hmm. In Northern Australia at the beginning of World War II, Lady Sarah Ashley played by Nicole Kidman, an English aristocrat inherits- Aristocrat? <laughs> The Aristocats. Aristocats. An English aristocrat, <laughs> not feline, <laughs> inherits a cattle station the size of Maryland after her husband is moided. Murdered. When English cattle barons plot to take her land, she reluctantly joins forces with a rough-hewn stockman named Drova. Played by Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. To drive 2,000 head of cattle across hundreds of miles of the country's most unforgiving land while helping her protect an aboriginal child named Nulla, only to still face the bombing of Darwin, Australia by the Japanese forces that attacked Pearl Harbor only months earlier. Wow, this film is full. This movie is like... Five movies. This movie is like like a Stefan sketch. Yeah. <laughs> this film has everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this film is for everyone. This film has something. I'm just kidding. It's not for everyone. <laughs> okay. Right off the bat, this movie is racist as shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, is it racist in the way that it's like just portraying the racism that's happening? Honestly, or? I don't even know anymore. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't even know anymore. Years later, it's still like cringy to watch sometimes to hear them speak to each other and like sure. to sort of like see the treatment of, of the Aboriginal people and right. whatnot. And I have no idea if this is a good representation or a bad representation of any of it. I mean, I know that people in Australia love this movie. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Because and it was like huge in Europe when yes. it came out. So 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 you know, right off the bat, I'm sure it does it does folks dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent percent certain of that. So I just want to right off the bat apologize <laughs> for my love of this movie. I know. <laughs> this movie features a stunning Nicole Kidman. Stunning. Uh, uh, however, I must uh say who the fuck makes a three hour movie called Australia about Australia starring an Australian who, and they don't let her be Australian because she's English. <laughs> so then cast someone different. No, because she had to be Australian to understand the love of Australia. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> First and foremost, I want to say I never want to go to Australia. <laughs> too many spiders. Too many spiders. Too many jellyfish. Too many spiders. But my, <laughs> Mostly spiders. Mostly the spiders. I don't want to find one in my shoe. Don't want to die. Thank you. You know, did you know that that's like Australians do that? Yes. If they like leave their shoes out, 
they always always it's like a second nature to them like shake out the shoe before they put it on because mm-hmm. something could be living in there yeah i know That's it's like fucking terrifying the thing is though is that like even if i did that every morning here in america if i some I, if i found something that fell out of my shoe i'd still be fucking terrified like it's scarring either way yeah it's scarring either way but <laughs> but like it happens in australia so often yeah. that like they have to they banned an episode of Peppa Pig. I know because of the spiders. Because of the spiders. Because it was like an episode where they were encouraging where they were you like, not to kill them or to like be their friends. Well, okay. So let me let me give you the lowdown. Please. So Peppa Pig, which is a popular British pig show. Peppa. Peppa. <laughs> uh, Peppa Pig is a popular British pig show featuring a pig named Peppa. Peppa Pig. <laughs> Say more P words. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Named Peppa Pig. And she is like just some fucking bratty British pig child. She's not a brat. She's a brat. (laughs) Um, And it's just, nothing really happens like in her TV show. It's a children's show. It's like it's supposed to happen. It's like for Peppa Pig's daily life. It's like for really young children. Yes. It's not like a, it's not like a Paw Patrol situation where like that shit is riveting it is like for children, <laughs> like like small children. Correct. Okay, so Peppa Pig is a British pig. She's a posh pig. And she like is trying to make friends with the spider and like, or like she seems to like not like the spider and then eventually makes, makes friends because like there's nothing wrong with spiders. Spiders are your friends. Spiders are uh, nice. And Australia literally was like, no, this cannot air through our airwaves. <laughs> we must end it now. The children cannot think that they can befriend yes. the spiders because the, they will die. And the Australian government released an official statement as to why they were banning this episode of Peppa Pig. And they literally were like, spiders are not your friends. <laughs> spiders are dangerous and venomous and poisonous and cruel and they will hurt you. And we cannot be teaching our Aussie children that, that spiders are friends. I just love how influential Peppa Pig is, honestly. Peppa! 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 Peppa's a daddy. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Anyway, so that bitch yes. is banned in Australia. Banned. Spiders are bad. Spiders bad. Back to Australia. Right. Like the movie Australia. Right, right, right. <laughs> in Australia. I know it's very confusing. Australia! <laughs> I I think it is a fucking epic. It's a romp. I y'all know how I feel about movies over ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. They're stupid. I was still mad that this one was over ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean it's it's like a three hour long movie. Yep. And um, <laughs> I just man, I love the love story, man. I think that there are a lot of beautiful parts of this movie. It is an epic. It is visually beautiful it is crazy all the scenes with the cattle blow you away Mm -hmm. i mean it is all digital oh of course but some of those cows are real (laughs) (laughs) like it is a very magical movie and i love how it like brings in like the mysticism of like aboriginal culture i think there's a lot that it does really really well I just particularly don't really care about the story very much. Oh my God. Because it's so fucking long. Drova! <laughs> and like, I find it very hot. Like, it felt like there was just so much happening very quickly, despite it happening within a three hour time frame, that I was like, I don't know. First of all, I'm confused about what's happening. So then I had to clarify. And then I was like, cool, I have been clarified. But then I was like, we, uh, everything's moving so quickly. I don't have time to like, care about these people except for Nella like I cared about him the entire time because he's like a poor child but besides that I'm just like you people don't know each other how are you falling in love what is going on amen and then all of a sudden the war happened in a third act that's basically a second movie well Jessica all of a sudden the war happened for them too okay well all of a sudden Darwin was bombed there's just a this is just not it's not my favorite Baz Luhrmann movie okay reasons why it's my favorite Baz Luhrmann please movie. the cattle oh my god are you fucking, <laughs> we love a, a movie are you fucking <laughs> <laughs> a I movie love a movie okay um, I love that the hot commodity in Australia is meat <laughs> 
<laughs> Every kind of meat. I love, uh-huh. I love that it's basically a Western for the whole first half of the movie. Yeah. I fucking love that. I hate Westerns, but for some reason, Westerns in Australia, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I think One, it's because there's kangaroos. Because there's some roos. There's this scene. A kangaroo. Towards the beginning of the movie where Nicole Kidman is sitting in the goddamn truck with Drova, played by Hugh Jackman. I've never seen a kangaroo. Oh, kangaroo. Oh, look at them. Look at them jumping. And jumping. if you think that that's an exaggerated impression of Nicole no. in this movie, it is not. It's she not. sounds exactly like that. Oh, okay. I've never seen a kangaroo. Oh, look at them jump. Look at them jumping, jumping. Oh, and then he gets fucking shot. Yeah, because it's Australia. Yep, yeah. And then she turns to camera and screams right okay. in close up. It's and great. then there's this brilliant shot that Baz Luhrmann has in this movie where she again immediately turns to the camera. The camera does like a really quick like zoom in on her face. She's like, oh. It's incredible. And then she screams. Yeah, it's she great. Screams. <laughs> but it's funny because like her eyes are like kind of bugging out of her skull. Oh my, there, there are very good moments in this movie yes. for me. And I also love a, a filmmaker who lets Nicole Kidman be funny. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, someone let Nicole Kidman be funny. Yeah, because she's quite funny. Oh, she's fucking hilarious in this goddamn movie. <laughs> like the scene where she, he, when Nella asks her to sing Over the Rainbow. <laughs> oh my God. Somewhere. Um, um, <laughs> Over the, the rainbow, butterflies, blue. <laughs> and he, he's just like, mm, weird song, keep singing. <laughs> yes, oh, you have weird voice, good song, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's so silly, but it's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's very, it's a very like white savior movie, which you don't really appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's truly just a, it's, it's a period piece. And that's kind of like the only way to save an Aboriginal child. Yeah. Because they were being, the government was taking them away and, and was basically like, we need to breed the Aboriginal out of you. Which is so sad. So super fucking sad. And they like sent them to missions yeah. in like, um, on like islands off of the coast of Australia. Yeah. Um, and which is also Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <correct. laughs> um, and they would take them to these like mission islands where they would like shave their heads and like mm-hmm. teach them English and like teach them religion or whatever that they taught them. Yeah. And it was just, it was a sad time. And there was a whole generation called the stolen generation, I believe yeah. that um, came out of these children who were essentially taken yeah. from their families because just because they were Aboriginal children, um, or usually like half Aboriginal children, yeah. were taken. So so sad, and something that I think the Australian government to this day, Australia in general, is like still dealing with mm-hmm. um, in terms of like reparations for that, and like um, uh, you know rectifying that although you can't ever really rectify something as as horrific as that they released the first public apology for that the year that this came out and so that's why they included it in the movie and like the text at the end or whatever um i mean i might not love this movie but i do like really appreciate what it i guess like what it means baz is very clearly like really in invested in where he's from and the history of where he's from and like the beauty of all of the different cultures and like he he's someone who like really believes in like the power of like song and in dreams and beauty and things like that and like melding that with his culture in this was very beautiful and respecting like the historical roots so i think that's amazing that, yeah, that's my that's my yeah, positive. I mean, take. I love the use of somewhere over the rainbow. Like oh, I yeah. love I love the use of somewhere over the rainbow on something as something as simple as a human voice on the harmonica in the score. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. When they played the movie and Nella was able to like go out and see it for himself, like see the the manifestation of his dream, yeah. right? Like on that on that like outdoor screen. I don't know. What do they do in Australia outside? I don't know. They do everything outside in Australia <laughs> during the dry, but not the wet. But not the wet. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I love, I love that that was like a theme or like a little motif throughout the whole movie of like, Hey, like this is, this is hope. 
or yeah. like this this symbolizes hope in a way and togetherness and like love and and that transcends even like Nella's broken English mm-hmm. um uh, Nicole Kidman's character not being able to understand like different cultures not be not being able to understand and like walk about like what does that mean she yeah. doesn't get it it's not part of a culture but she understands when he's like no like this is my dream I have to go yeah so she understands dreaming she understands like and I think that's what transcends in this movie for me mm-hmm. is like the respect of the dream. Yeah. Like you were saying, right? Understanding that like dreaming is universal. Music is universal. Things in this movie that are universal transcend all of the conflict, all the violence, all the Fletchers in this movie. <laughs> Poor Fletcher. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's stop and talk about Fletcher for a second. I'm kidding, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron's horrified that I said that because he's the worst character okay. in the movie. Fletcher is one of the mo- worst villains I've ever seen in a movie. You know, he's like pretty ever. fucking awful. Like ever, ever. All over cows. But I guess like that is something that the movie gets praised for is its historical accuracy. And like the cattle thing was fucking huge. Well, that's Australia. what I'm saying is like meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it was meat was used to for war efforts mm-hmm. and also for eating nom nom. Yeah. Because, you know, some people eat cows. I sure, don't. You but don't. You, you know, grow up. It's true. Yeah. Also, cows are really nice. Why would you want to eat them? I mean, so are chickens, but I eat them too. Hey. Sorry. Chickens have brains like the size of a pea. <laughs> they don't know what love is. <laughs> okay, we can debate this later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I I love that they took something as like what we might think is stu- as stupid as like a herd of cattle. Yeah, but like the obviously, cattle trade. At that time, for them, mm-hmm. that was everything. That was livelihood. That was yeah. That was food. That was money. That was, in a lot of ways, that was life. Yeah, I mean, I kind of equate th- that in this movie to like movies that we have about like, like the gold rush. Oh, yeah. Or about like oil. Yeah. Because it's like people literally murdering each other over shit like this and it's like it's fucking oil or it's fucking cows yeah but it's but it's huge because like that is someone's livelihood well because of capitalism yes so (laughs) fletcher in a lot of ways is a is a is a bad man like one of the worst villains i have seen in a movie ever yeah he's Um, really bad and because he's his only motivation is greed and evil yeah. and literally that's it mm-hmm. like you know nulla is his is his son yeah he fathered him yes through unspeakable means yes and he rejects him because he is half aboriginal child yeah he he, he is half aboriginal and so um i in a lot of ways i feel like fletcher is just evil and that's mm-hmm. really it like the depth of his character is not super it for me but i can appreciate him just being evil like i can appreciate him just being like the penguin to the batman and that's kind of that there's no like yeah. backstory and yeah you know i mean especially because the movie is so large it's like i am already having to think about a lot of things going on in this movie i don't want to have to think about like the depth of the villain <laughs> it's true <laughs> amen so that's like one favorite that baz gives does for you when yeah. watching this. When Baz is like, let me throw you a bone. Here you go. <laughs> One note evil. The One end. note. Just <laughs> evil. But it's funny because that actor plays Nicole Kidman's husband in Lion. And he's yes. very nice in that. And he's really nice. Yeah, he's a sweet little man. Adopting like, kids. Like we said in the Nicole Kidman episode, like best best parents ever best parents ever <laughs> yet here he is the worst, the worst. trademark <laughs> and nicole hates him and nicole literally loathes this man yeah yeah, yeah. respect where <laughs> <laughs> understanding who <laughs> that doesn't happen in australia empathy i don't know her those things don't exist uh, incredible <laughs> Anyway, Australia is an enormous epic romp and I think visually it's stunning. Mm-hmm. I think it's to your point, a lot of people praise it for being historically a- for it being historically accurate. I love the cattle scenes, my favorite scenes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can t- you can just tell like like I said, it's not a movie for me, but you can tell how much he loves this movie. Yes. Like it really I think this really was like the movie of his soul. 
Yeah, and to be quite frank, I don't think it's the most Baz Luhrmann of all of his Baz Luhrmann movies. No, I think that would be like Moulin Rouge. Yeah, I would say between like Moulin Rouge and like The Great Gatsby, those are like peak peak Baz. Yeah. Um, I mean, really all of them except this. Honestly, yeah, all of them except this. Yeah. So um, I think Australia was his sort of take on what he would, his like Titanic essentially. Yeah. You know, his Titanic, and it may not have it may not have had a lot of glitter in it. I don't think it had any glitter in it, actually. I mean, and yet everything is so shiny. And yet everything is so shiny. How it, how does he do that? I really don't know, actually. <laughs> everything and everyone is so shiny. Yeah. So this may not be the most well-received of his films, yeah. nor the most popular, but it brought a lot of joy to my day. But Monica loves it. It was a rope. And I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, Monica really wanted to talk about this movie on several occasions. And I kept saying, no, not unless we do a Baz Luhrmann episode. <laughs> so she was like, okay, well. <laughs> I guess we'll do a Baz Luhrmann episode. doing a Baz Luhrmann episode. <laughs> yeah. I think in a lot of ways, if you have not seen this movie as a child or like with your parents or as an adult, I would genuinely try watching it either for the first time or again, at least once more in your life. Yeah, I'm not mad I watched it at all. Yeah. So... There's that. If you value my opinion. Oh my God. <laughs> Australia. Australia. Well, I guess that was Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, that was Bazzy boy. He's coming out supposedly next year, I think, his Elvis movie, which I'm very excited I'm about. I'm really excited about his Elvis movie. I'm really curious about it. Like, yeah. I don't really know too much about it. I don't think he's released very much about it. I know Tom Hanks is in it. Yes. And Tom Austin Hanks. Butler is in it. Yes. And who... Austin Butler is fine as hell. I know Austin Butler is fine as hell. Fine as hell. He was looking a little Elvisy in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was looking a little Elvisy. Texas looks a little Elvisy in that movie. So I'm, uh, and I like him. I think he's a good actor. He's a sh- he's one of those sh- like he kind of surprised me in the same way Robert Pattinson did, where he yeah. was like a pretty boy, like nothing actor, and then all of a sudden showed he had talent. But all of a sudden <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. All of a sudden he's in a Quentin Tarantino movie, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Well, you can hold your own. All right, Austin. All right, Austin. But yeah, I'm a big Elvis slut, as you know. So, yeah, like, yeah. I'm so excited for Jessica this movie. Jessica is a big hoe for Elvis. I love him. I'm she sorry. loves Elvis. I know he's problematic, but I do love him. I love Dolly Parton. I want a Dolly Parton movie. She's the least problematic. I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I love Dolly. Someday there will be a Dolly biopic. Oh, okay. News just in from the front. <laughs> this is the movie elvis is the move uh by Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, yeah. is the movie that rita and tom hanks yeah. got covid, COVID from. from where wow. were they filming australia they were filming, in, filming australia? an elvis movie in australia obviously Baz Luhrmann. Ugh, dumb <laughs> oh my god where's the accuracy Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. oi 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 truly oi oi <laughs> uh, okay monica it's time for our collective dabble oh yes the moment you've all been waiting for can we get a drum roll please we were just watching i feel pretty <laughs> the amy the amy schumer attempt of a film yeah 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 Oh, God. We I know we're like years late on this. We only got through 30? 30 minutes? I would yeah, say th- yeah, like yeah. we've gotten a third of the way through. Sure. Yeah. Um, So far, it's not good. Very bad. It's very bad. Very questionable. Not I, even. Just explicitly bad. <laughs> I can't really speak to the true nature of whether or not Amy Schumer is a... A plus size icon? Definitely not an icon. I don't really know if she, I guess she would have to consider herself plus, but what I know is she can shop in any store. So that would lead me to believe she's not. Amen. (laughs) So this movie is problematic in so many ways. Correct. The one breakout star in this movie, the one shining role (laughs) is Michelle fucking Williams as this like boss bitch lady. Yes. In like a, like a cosmetics company in like a platinum blonde wig. That's like part of them. She looks like she's supposed to look like, I think Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And she sounds like she's doing a Gwyneth impression to an extent, but she is so funny (laughs) cause she changes her entire voice. She's like, um, so yeah. And this quarter sales have been up. (laughs) 
oh my god she plays the ceo of this company or whatever i and love when an actor just like balls to the wall with commits a, with a comedic bit of like uh, a whole voice and mitts. everything yeah like it, it, it's I, I told this to jessica it's like watching an snl sketch with like michelle williams as the, mm-hmm. as the celebrity guest and yeah. it's like a bad sketch but she's like the funniest part of it and yes. like everyone else is bad this is it uh-huh. uh busy phillips is also in this busy is also in it Famous, and you're you're supposed to think she's like not pretty yeah famous bff to michelle williams correct yeah so yeah, there yeah. so two bffs in it yes who else is in it ad bryant ad bryant fabulously in it fabulously she's probably one of the best parts yep. naomi campbell's in it naomi campbell's in it oh emily radikowski's in it oh yes 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 i love how emily do you say her, her last name radikowski is that actually how you say i don't it? know radikowski <laughs> <laughs> let me i'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. emily radikowski radikowski okay radikowski 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 okay Emily Radikowski, as yeah. I have now learned, is her actual <laughs> last name. And there's a lot of letters in her I name. can't okay. see the K. I can only see the J in her name. <laughs> Radikowski. Radikowski. <laughs> Sorry. It is pronounced Emily Radikowski. Yeah. Emily Radikowski is in this. She's surprisingly good. She's better than Amy Schumer. She's way better. So Amy Schumer cannot act. I mean, we didn't she write this too? She wrote this Could also. we argue that she doesn't write or she, she can't write? She can't write a movie. A movie, yeah, at least. She at can least, write a comedy special. She can write a comedy special. Mm-hmm. She's she's a funny woman. She's very funny. She's very funny. I just don't know that feature is her thing. Yeah, also she's relied so much on this comedy surrounding like her body and like, aren't I so ugly? And it's like, literally nobody is talking to you about this. It's like, no, you're not ugly. I don't think she's ugly. I don't think she's ugly either. Like, correct, she is not a size two and she doesn't look like Emily Ratajkowski, but like nobody thought she ever did. Also, nobody looks like Emily Emily Ratajkowski. Exactly. Nobody. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I get that it's your joke and it's been your bit for a long time, but now you're making a full feature movie about- acting like you don't have the privileges of being a thin famous person cool that's nice that's true <laughs> also like her hyper fixation throughout the whole film is just her looks yeah which you know makes me a little sad actually yes because at the end of the day her job is she's a computer programmer mm-hmm. for a website a really like high traffic website so you'd think like oh my god you're making all this money and like you know at the very least you're doing really good at your job and yes you you work in a basement but like you dress nice <laughs> yeah and like you know you're making a lot apparently a lot of money because she's trying to go out for this fucking receptionist job where she would be making less than half of what she makes now uh-huh and she wants it so bad because it looks better. Yeah. Yeah. Because she'll get to be around the pretty people. The whole fucking thing is that like she can't stop talking about how hideous and fat she is basically. And then she hits her head in a soul cycle class and she thinks she's stunning and she just looks the same. Which I was confused because I thought she actually turned like I thought that everyone around her would also think she was stunning. No. But that's not the case, apparently. They just think she's the same. But they also treat her like she's way uglier than she actually is. Yes, exactly. Which is just false. (laughs) Are you hearing this correctly, audience? We don't think Amy Schumer's ugly. We think she's beautiful. (laughs) I just think she looks fucking normal. And that's a problem for this film, apparently. (laughs) Terrible, terrible movie. But I do want to see how it ends. Oh, me too. I'm popping it up right after this. (laughs) I just want to know what happens. Yeah, I just really want to. I just want to know what happens. How's her head? Does she have a concussion? My whole thing is like, were those extensions that got ripped out of her head? I would like to know what she thinks she looks like. Like, I wonder if you ever get to see that. I would guess no, if you haven't seen it already. I'm assuming no, but I I I would like to know. I don't know. That would make it more clear that it's like a delusion. Yeah, I want what I wanted was every time she passed a mirror, it would be what she thought she looked like. Yes, and but like the rest of the movie, we just saw her when she was like out in the street. It was just her body, right. her, her as herself. Correct. Because at the very least, we could relate to that. But then we just get like shots of Amy Schumer agape, mouth agape, yeah, like fluttering her eyes, like oh, oh, <laughs> like a dying, oh, beautiful. Fish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With the realization that you are beautiful indeed, Amy Schumer. Okay. Incredible story. Well done, Amy. Listen, a woman made a film, and for that, I am grateful. (laughs) 
That's that's the bar that we've set. I mean, a woman made a film. I mean, unfortunately, but the thing is, is like Hollywood let a woman make a film, and it was a film about how much she hates herself. Oh, that hurts me. That hurts me bad in the tum. <laughs> Oh. We love to see it. I love being a lady. It's I so love fun. Being a lady is so lovely. I love being a woman in the world. I love being a woman in Hollywood. <laughs> it's breathtaking. It's captivating. Delightful. Delightful. Delicious. Delightful Myrtle. <laughs> I love when we get into our moaning Myrtle voices. Me the best. too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, no question today. No question. Nobody's asking us. There's anything. no question of that Australia is a great land, and they <laughs> produced a great guy. They produced many great people: Nicole Kidman, Baz Luhrmann, Keith Urban. Keith Urban. <laughs> we have we have Aussie to thank for that. Also, Hugh Jackman. I'm not a big Hugh fan, but other people are. You know what? I like Hugh. I think he's fine. Uh, sir with a French on time. I liked him in Oklahoma. I think he's has talent, but I'm just kind of like, I'm not particularly attracted to him. I don't think he's like an Oscar winner. So I'm just kind of like, nah. You should watch Back, Bad Education on HBO. He's really good in that. Okay, maybe. All right, well. <laughs> and on that disappointing note. And on that note. Don't, don't sue us, Daddy, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. Let's go watch I Feel Pretty. I Feel Pretty. It's so pretty, so pretty, 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 pretty.